Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Your Business Besties podcast, powered by Field and Ford. I am Javon Brumfield, and I am the certified people analyzer. I am Summer Swafford. I, I am the architect of operations. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you for being with us again today. We are continuing our series on loyalty. And specifically today, we want to chat about be loyal to your client. Yes. And especially when you have those first clients. So let's get into it. So even if, and we're talking about clients in a very broad broad factor. So this could be a side business to bring an additional income stream. This could be you have a legitimate quote unquote business with the EIN and you have clients. This could just be we just call them clients. Some people contact you. They say they're going to pay you for what you for the services you offer. We call them clients today, okay? Absolutely. And so this again came out of a very organic conversation that we were having about our own experiences and what we find particularly when you start out you're stepping into the unknown you have some concerns about making sure that you're going to be able to sustain yourself and make money and so now you've got clients you've got a handful of your first clients and you are ecstatic people have agreed to give you their money to build the website to work on whatever it is they're their finances, your bookkeeping, to uh, some people would like editing, copywriting, social media, whatever it is. Accounting, bookkeeping, any of resume writing. So now HR consulting. Mm -hmm. And so now you have clients and they've agreed to pay you and you are ecstatic. You are grateful to them. And so here's what probably has happened. We'll, we'll talk about our experience and you can see if you can relate. So in our experiences, so now you've gone in, you're not really clear, as we talked about in the last episode, about your value yet. You don't know how to monetize that quite yet. The numbers that you probably should be charging seem astronomical to you because you may be also dealing with some scarcity mentality and some things that you need to resolve. Yes, around your money mindset. And so you've given them a rate and they're paying you that rate and you are doing everything. For the rates, for that money. $15 an hour. I will help you start your business. And I'm going to, uh, you're going to send me some things to do. And I'm going to do them for $15 an hour. And I make more than that at my nine to five that I still go to every day. So make it make sense, Lord. Because we're excited. You, you want to be able to get into this world. And so then, and we were laughing about this um, just before the show started. They ask you to do something extra, and they're like, "Oh, I'll pay you for that." You're like, "No, no, 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 don't worry." That'll be going to take you long retainer. Yeah, they're going to take you long. That's it. And just put that in your retainer. Or in my case, in some of us that mean about this, we're about to travel, and it's like, "Well, did you charge send a reimbursement request for your Airbnb?" Oh, no, no, no. I just pay for it. No big deal. I got it. Oh, and so, what you learn over time is akin to be loyal to yourself. And not to the clients. And yes, you want to do a good job for your clients. You want to provide value. You want to provide them with the highest level of service. 
But you have to be loyal to yourself because otherwise you're literally paying a price. You're paying it financially in the revenue that you're not being able to generate because guess what? That impacts the things that you can pay for in your own household as well as how you can expand your business because you don't have that additional revenue coming in, right? So you're paying a true price for not valuing yourself over your clients. So let's break this down. So now what we're saying is you have thought of a number and you have given that number to the people, they have agreed that they will pay you that amount to do said services. So in my case, I am I'm so scared to charge more than $20 an hour that I charge 15 because I want to make sure that they book with me. And now they're charging me $15 an hour, but I am building a website. I am going through their emails. I am organizing their their Google Drive folders. I mean, she's steady sending things, but I said I would do it per hour. So I'm just going to charge her per hour but the the list is growing and growing in Javon's case her client is asking her to travel to a different state to meet in person at their request they're not covering any of they're not covering the logic because you do not live there you're like no don't worry about it I'm just let that sit with y'all because I know y'all now saying that that didn't make any sense I don't know if I want to take advice from these two ladies (laughs) And I think you have to be, you know, I say this to some all the time, you have to be very careful what you judge because it's really easy to say what you won't do or what would never make sense for you until you're in that situation. So we'll give that disclaimer. But in addition to that, there are other factors to be considered because when you think about sometimes these relationships with these first clients, you may be doing more because they've they've been kind to you or they've been generous with you. Or maybe you asked for 15 and they gave you 20, you know, or maybe you started out like me. You started out on a retainer and then that turned into some consistent income. So you're like, listen, I'm not tripping over this little money because they've created an opportunity for me to have even more than what I anticipated in the beginning. And so what we're saying more than those things is you have to really take a step back, though, and evaluate regardless what of what you want. At what point does it change? At what point does the 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 scale tip for you to say, no, there's something different that um, I should be getting. And so that takes some work. That takes some work for some people. And for some people, it doesn't because there are some people that jump out the gate with these really, you know, high prices, but they don't necessarily provide value. So you can also shoot yourself in the foot that way. If you want to demand top dollar, but you're not delivering, you can't sustain that because your clients aren't going to be repeat people and keep coming back to you. They're going to freak and go, well, what am I getting for this amount? Like, okay, so she's charging $40 an hour, but all she's doing is cleaning up my Google Drive and looking in my email. I don't know if that's worth it. So there's a balance there. But yes, where a lot of this originates when we come to thinking about how much do I charge? How do I value my services? It's the people part the personal part it's imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. this is where it starts you have to really as as we've talked about before you have to become very clear about your value and what you bring to the table and I also think it's important that you break away from thinking about things in the way that you would in a nine-to-five and let me explain what I mean by that in a nine-to-five you have an annual salary or you may equate that down to an hourly amount right I make X amount of dollars and that equates to X amount of dollars per hour. And so what happens quite often is you make this transition. And if you were used to making, let's say, $25 or $30 an hour, and now somebody's going to pay you 50 
you're like beyond the moon. Oh, I'm making $50 an hour. I used to make $25 an hour. But the reality is the market rate for that service may actually be $150 per hour. And so you have to do some research and be clear about what it is you should be charging. And this is where coaches and support comes in because I've had coaches that say, if you give them a price and they automatically say yes, then that number is too low. Wait. And you're going to have to really push yourself. Again, I keep telling you, you're going to meet yourself on this journey. You're going to have to push yourself to say the number that scares you. And I've had that situation to happen. I've had my coach to push me and say, listen, do not send that proposal without a comma in that retainer. And I'm like, Ooh, that sounds crazy. But guess what? I came back and I was like, I did it. And I said it with my chest. This is my price. And so you have to think about it. You know, any type of negotiation or things like that, you want to start a little bit higher so you can ultimately land where you want to be. And so, again, if you've been in sales or development or things like that, those types of industries, this may not be an issue for you because you're used to having those conversations. But for the most part, people who have been in professional services and things like that. Salaried. Right. You've been a salaried professional. You've never made probably more than 40 or $50 an hour. So the idea of charging somebody $150, $250 an hour may really kind of knock you off your rocker. And here's the other thing. You may need the money. You may need money. So in the beginning, you may take these clients on because you have financial needs, but that doesn't necessarily align with where you're trying to go long term and it doesn't necessarily fit you. And then you just have to keep in mind that this is trial and error. And so if you didn't do it and start doing it, you will you have to feel your way through. And this is the uncertainty and some of the fear that people have because they want to get it right the very first time. It, it just you just don't know how this is going to go. So a part of it is getting out there. You're saying this is a price. You may actually do some research and say this seems like an appropriate price. And then when you get to do the work, you start to realize what it takes for you to do this work, which is different from what someone else may put into it to do this work. So now you have to consider, OK, it. I thought it would only take me like an hour and a half and two hours to do X. But actually, because of the type of research I do, the type of software I use, the way I edit it or whatever it is that you do, it may actually take you two and a half, three hours. You have to go back and look at that. And again, these are your first clients. So you're so excited about them and you have a sense of loyalty to them because they took a chance on you. Yes. And when you think about your pricing and your money mindset, let me also encourage you to not think of it as time. So it could take you two hours to do it, but it took you 20 years to learn how to do it in two hours. And so they're paying you for the 20 years, right? Because they have to pay for that knowledge. I'm able to do things a lot more quickly than a lot of other people because of the different varied expenses that I mean, experiences that I've had. And guess what? You have to pay me for that. My rate is not going to be an entry level rate because I'm not an entry level professional. And that's a mindset shift that we have to get through, right? Yeah. So let me, oh my God. So let me, let me just dig down into that really quickly. So yes. So when I'm saying, okay, it took me, I thought it was going to take me a half hour and a half to two hours, but it really took two to three. And so I need to charge more. I'm so glad you pointed that out because it's not about that time. What I'm saying is that because of the, the 15, 20 years of knowledge that I have, I look at things a little bit differently. So I'm looking, I'm editing, I'm just going to use resume right now. I'm editing a little bit differently. I use certain software, the way I research. You told me this is the type of job you're looking for. So I research this a different way. I've onboarded people. I've interviewed people. I've hired people. So the way I'm doing the work, the service, the providing the service, it 
the time wise may take me a little bit longer, but the amount of uh, experience and what I'm pouring into this, it would take someone else several weeks to do that I'm doing in three hours. But even then I was like, oh, I don't take me a couple hours. It took me three to four hours because my brain is moving so fast. So to Javon's point, what I'm bringing into how I'm going to produce this deliverable to you is worth way more. And to her point, when they see your the finished product, the deliverable, and they're blown away and they say, all it is for X amount of dollars. Oh, my God. I am so glad I found you. Increase your prices. There you go. Increase that part. your prices. And I've had conversations with people, again, about this this price of loyalty. Again, being so concerned about other people. And, oh, because guess what? Some people going to come to you with a sob story. Some people, like, I'm, I've had people say to me, I really want to work with you, but I can't afford you. Okay, well, call me back when you get your funds together, right? Don't discount yourself because of what people are saying to you, because sometimes that's a ploy. Sometimes people are trying to see what they can get from you, but... The key is you need to understand your value and more importantly, be able to articulate your value so that when you are out soliciting clients or negotiating rates, you can explain why we're charging what you're charging. So perfect example, really quickly. I had a client, they brought me in to do, um, they wanted to automate their payroll process. So they wanted their HR system to be automated. They were doing everything manually. They wanted it to be electronic in the cloud. Okay, no problem. So we started having that conversation. I'm excited. So I do my first proposal. We do a 90-day proposal. I put that together. My coach pushes me to make sure I get the number right, you know, no less than this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. So it seems like everything is good. But after those three months, I recognize because of, like what Summer said, because of the experiences that I have had with system implementations and payroll and working on the actual software design and all these different things, they're now getting the services that they would get from several different professionals all in one, okay? So this is where you also have to step back and really evaluate. It seems natural to you. It comes second nature to you. But within this, your years of experience, it's all coming into play. So I looked, stepped back, and I thought about it. Okay, in my professional life, when we would do an implementation like this, we would have an implementation team. And there would be representatives from different um, departments that would be a part of that team. Well, in this particular case, I was serving as the representative for all of these different areas. I was the HR person. I was providing some data entry and support. I was working with the IT person for the actual system design. I was actually over here working with third-party vendors to, you know, flesh out the process. I'm doing the strategic planning for the project itself. And you now have to sit back and look at your pricing differently because think about it. If they had to go out and pay all of these different people to work on this project, they would spend what? And this is a part of how you, you know, you sell your rate and you say, and I literally had this conversation with them. If you had to bring in someone to do all of these different things, you would pay this. But because of my experience and my background, you're able to get all of this in one person. And so they're still coming away, you know, they're still getting a deal because they're not paying all these people. But it's just an example of how you have to be clear about what you bring to the table and don't discount any part of your experience and make sure that you're being compensated appropriately because you have, I can guarantee you, a lot more skills than you realize. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand and think about it and ask yourself, 
if they were to walk away and hire someone else to do this, how many people would they have to hire? And how much cost be? Or how much would a company who says, hey, we can do all of that for you, how much is that invoice going to be? And keep in mind in Javon's description, we never talked about how long it was going to take because it's just going to take because it's so natural to you. It took, you know, not that long to be able to pull all of that together and execute it. So we're not doing, well, it only took Javon 7.25 hours to pull that off. No, no. It's like she said, it's the scope of the project. And so you have to get very clear about that. But again, that goes back to be loyal to you first. And so one of the things that we talked about along these lines is that when you're starting out and you haven't quite identified your value, you can't really articulate your value, people start to see you a certain way. So you're working with these clients, they see you a certain way, you provide certain services to them, but the reality is you have a lot more experience. So I'll use myself as an example. Okay, I may have gotten a contract to come in and provide some admin support and maybe some system support to someone. But the reality is I've got 20 years of HR experience. I've been an executive. I've done all these other things, but I'm not leveraging that in this contract. Right. But as I start to really sit down and think about what I bring to the table, because here's here's the thing. No matter what that contract says, if you ask me an HR specific question, I'm going to give you an HR specific answer. Right. So even though I have an admin support contract, my brain automatically thinks about it through that lens of an executive, through the lens of managing a company, managing a business. And so you have to start to make sure that, hey, am I am I getting compensated appropriately for the value that I provide? Now, here's where it gets sticky, mm-hmm. because for us, we went into it, and, and I know for me, when you start to do the evaluation, and this is, I encourage you to do this each quarter, each year, take, mm-hmm. a, take a step back and go, wait, I'm really underselling myself here. On a whole, the whole stratosphere, because I will say, when I started offering services, providing financial analysis was nowhere in my bingo card. Nowhere was I thinking that I was intuitively and and unconsciously providing financial analysis to business business finances, but I was, mm-hmm. and I was. And, it, and when I say business analysis, that I want people to be like, well, I don't know anything about finances. If I had a question, I was googling, researching, asking the experts that I knew to get the answer, to get clarity, to gain clarity, to bring that into our conversations because those finances affect the operation mm-hmm. so again that's not like she said that's not on the contract that's not what I said I was going to do but now our conversations include that and now it's almost like an expected like oh well she knows that part or she's going to bring that part I'm going to ask her this I think we have as I say put a pin in that let's talk about when the expectations shift my mother has said Go to agree. me yes she has said to me my whole life When people find out what you can do, she said this happens every time you go in there, you get a job or you get a client and you're good. And then when they find out what all you can do, they now expect more from you. And guess what? Your retainer or your rate hasn't changed. And I remember us having this conversation in one of my coaching groups and we were talking about, okay, so what do you do? How do you navigate that? And it was a great recommendation that our coach gave us was to make sure that you have language in your contracts that give you the ability to go back and renegotiate if the scope of work changes. So if they begin to ask for more, they want something different, you can go back to the table and renegotiate that. 
Um, another thing that I think is important to to highlight, and we were talking about this just before the show started as well, is that you really have to get to a place where you are sold out to the idea of you having the life that you want. And you have to be willing to have difficult conversations and walk away from things that do not serve you. We're going to say that again because I, I, I need you to get this. You have to be sold out to the idea of you living the life that you desire. And you have to be willing to have difficult conversations and walk away from the things that do not serve you, including people who may have been your initial clients, your longtime clients, your friends, people who supported you on the journey. Because if it doesn't serve where you're trying to go, you are only holding yourself back. That's why we are talking about loyalty today. Who are you most loyal to? Because I promise you, you're going to be in a situation where all of a sudden, like, everything's going great. Things are going good. Invoices are being paid on time. And then that scope creep happens. Then the revelation of who you really are starts to occur. You start to bring out, because now you're happy. You're feeling good. You get to be yourself. You get to bring your best self to your clients, to work, or wherever you are. You start to pull out all the things. You don't even know you're doing it. That you, you've learned over the years. You start adding all this value. And they're like, oh, I like that. Oh, you know about that, too? I didn't know you knew about that. We all hear you my bookkeeper. You know about posting to Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I, oh, can you help us with that? Oh, well, if you could just do it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do you one better. So let's say you're bringing this value to the team. Here's when it's really a wake-up call. You're bringing this value to this project, to this team, to this business owner, whatever the case may be, and you've identified an issue, and they go, yes, I need to get someone to work on that. And they go and hire someone and pay them a premium rate, a premium rate to do something that you're skilled to do, that you highlighted as an issue that you brought forward. And so doesn't mean that you're going to resolve it in that particular situation, but it is a wake-up call to say, I need to be valuing myself differently. There's obviously a disconnect because this person didn't even think, well, this person's already provided me with this value. I should be compensating them at. So go ahead and Mm -hmm. add that. That wasn't an original contract, but they seem to be very knowledgeable. And they actually have talked to me about what the solution should look like. Why did my brain immediately not go to them and go to this up uh, this third party or they brought up an idea and I go, oh, I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there going. So the money just went out the door because they were going to spend it. They were going, going to spend it. You didn't get it. And so your loyalty has to be to you. And the reason I say you have to be willing to walk away is because once you take that stance and you say, okay, this is what works for me. This is what I can do. This is what I can offer you. This is where I am. What's, you know, you have to be willing for them to say, I don't want to pay you that. Because remember, they met you in the beginning. They met you when you started out. Like if you were a client of mine when I started out and I was doing these business coaching packages for pennies and you come talk to me today and I'm like, no, that's not the lane I'm in. 
and you say, well, I don't want to pay what you're charging today. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I am so okay with that because I am willing to be true to me at this point. And as we were talking about as well, sometimes you may choose to do it. You may choose to say, okay, cool. I'll still take this contract and do this for you, whatever. But you have to just be very honest with yourself and very clear when you take these things on. And we're just telling you, I'm trying to give you some guidance and insight into the real, you know, what's real in terms of being out here in this world, because um, imposter syndrome is real. And it's like it gets yourself. Yes, it's going to get very sticky as you're trying to navigate and figure this out. So you're in this situation where. Even if you because it's a case by case basis, depending mm-hmm. on what the relationship is, depending on where you're trying to see your business grow in relationship to like what is the pros and cons of not taking this? Because there are some clients that I have a type of loyalty to that I may continue to work with them. Javon may continue to work with them, but the scope is going to be very specific in order to continue to work with them. Whereas my ideal client, that's what we're saying. Once you identify what you bring to the table, what you identify, what you can offer my ideal client, because you got to understand there are clients that have not met you yet. They right. have not. They are they are following you. They are watching you. People are speaking your name in rooms. They have not met you yet. They're ready to write the, the big to find. Yes, they're going to pay the invoice that you give them with that number without question. You have not met them yet. You're on your path to meeting them. So when Javon is telling you, you have to be sold out, you have to understand that in order to even understand and conceive that. I started out making $15 an hour and people are going to pay me $50 and $60 an hour to do some of the same work with some additional stuff. The only way you can even conceive that that is a real thing is to sit. It's it's to really face your imposter syndrome It's to really sit down with it and go, okay, this is what this is what is happening. This is what I've been telling myself who I am. This is what other people have been telling me who I am. So the idea that I worked at a nine to five for 43000 and these people are willing to pay me 80000 When you break down the number, it's more like 80000 a year. How how do I reconcile these things? When Javon told you in the previous episode, you're going to meet yourself on this journey. The only person that's stopping you from making that money is you. Ella. If you feel more loyalty to, well, I have these clients right now, and they're willing to pay, so I'm going to stick with them, and they ask me to do something new every day, I'm going to just stick with them. Well, then you don't have space for your new clients. You can't market and talk to your new clients. And then it's going to really feel weird that these two clients are willing to pay such vastly different amounts. It's going to keep hitting you in the face. It's going to keep hitting you. I think, too, like you said, sometimes you just wake up one day and decide that what I'm doing doesn't really bring me joy. I can do it, but it's not what I really want to do. And the only way for me to get to doing what I really want to do is going to be for me to have some really strong, make some really strong decisions, essentially. Because I want to also say this. Sometimes what we describe as loyalty is actually our inability to set boundaries and Mm -hmm. our unwillingness to face difficult situations. Difficult so conversation and difficult conversations, because sometimes we're so quick to say, well, I'm being loyal to this person. No, you just don't want to have the difficult conversation. No, you just don't want to expand your mindset and make yourself see it differently. You're not necessarily loyal. You're playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's time out for playing it safe, because guess what? Playing it safe is not getting you any closer to what you really want in your life. When you spoke about being sold out to the life that I that I love and that I want, I 
worked the nine to five where I where part of my job description is something I did not want to do, but is but I was required to do. If I'm creating this life for myself, I can decide on what I do. I can truly decide. So again, getting back into that space of, okay, this is what they want me to do. This is how they see me. But this is not what I plan to offer or this is not the direction I'm going because guess what? I can always pivot, baby. You can always pivot. This is not where I'm going. Let me say this. Um, I have a quote from each of my parents that will bring this all the way together for you. My daddy has said my whole life, any day can be the first day of the rest of your life. Any day. He's like, you can decide to do something different any day. And I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds really simple, but it's difficult. It is more difficult than you realize because we get so accustomed to things being a certain way and operating in a certain space that we just go along with the status quo. But you really can decide any day that you're going to change things and do things differently. And then my mother said to me, and I will forever talk about this. I was complaining about my job one day. And she looked at me, and if you know my mother, she looks at me, this very matter-of-fact, point-blank, and she goes, you keep talking like you don't have options. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Okay. Because she was like, you, I don't, like, she could not understand why I was so worked up and frustrated and overwhelmed, and why are you spending all this time complaining about this? You have options. You have other skills. You can do different things. And so you have to really walk in the knowledge and the power that you have options and you can decide to do something different any day. Does that mean that a client may not be happy? Okay. Are you happy living a life that's not aligned with what you want? So who are you loyal to? Are you loyal to yourself or keeping them happy? And then to really close the loop and for us to make sure that you understand a wise, wise woman, her name is Joe Brumfield. She said something to me in just a passing conversation. And I was like, oh, she said, your gifts will make room for you. Oh, let me tell you, this was a moment, right? That wasn't even, they say I say things, but it's just like things pop into my head and and they make sense. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, you know, the Bible says that a man's gift will make room for him, right? And so it made me think about this. What that says to me is you don't have what you desire or the life you could live because you aren't allowing your gift to make room for you. And so we were having conversations about struggles and finances and all these kinds of things. And I was like, but we've been given everything we need. We have everything we need either innately or in the professional experience that we've gained. So we should not have to ever live a life of lack. And if we are living a life of lack, it is because we are not allowing our gift to make room for us. So if you actually are in a position where you realize you have to make that pivot or you have to have that that difficult conversation with your client, understand that if you've provided amazing service to them, you've given them the things that they asked for, and you may have to pause or depart ways, that gift it might bring them right back. And if it doesn't, it's going to align you with the people you need to be aligned with. But your gift is going to make room for you. And that's, again, it's a reminder 
that we have what we need. It, the provision has already been made. But we are in the way. We are not being loyal to ourselves. We are not articulating our value. We are not demanding the level of compensation that aligns with our professional experience and the value that we provide. Imposter syndrome beating us over the head. So we can't live the life we love. We can't have that space because imposter syndrome is telling me you are still the admin assistant sitting at a desk in on a college campus. And I'm going to keep reminding you of that. And at some point, you have to decide, no, I'm not. I am a remote professional living life on my terms. I have control of my time and my earning potential is unlimited because I can monetize the gifts that have been bestowed upon me. I'm willing to do the work to learn what I need to know. And I'm willing to have the difficult conversations, whether that be about making changes or requiring a certain compensation level so that I don't have to have these worries and these struggles. So if you are a person who is either already a remote professional or desiring to be a remote professional, this is the type of thing that we want to help you with. We want to help you work through this because these are the mindset shifts and the tips that you need to be really digging into to help this be sustainable. Some of you haven't made the transition because you think it's not sustainable because you don't see a clear path to getting there. And so we are excited for all of the feedback that we've gotten. And because of that, we have created an offering to help you with that. We have a mini course called Building Your Blueprint. And if you are a remote professional already that needs to tweak some things or if you're someone who wants to step into this world and you want some guidance and a thought partner to really help you begin to flesh out what this needs to look like for you, then we encourage you go into the show notes, click the link, purchase the mini course. It is only $37 right now. You cannot beat that. It is full of value to help you really figure out what your life could look like because we do not have to live these lives of just getting up, going to work and paying bills. That is not what we were designed to do. So join us. Let us be your business besties. Let us go through this together. And when you finish uh, building your blueprint, you will have a plan written on paper that will give you a solid understanding and say, okay, okay, I listened to that podcast. They had me fired up. I did the pro. Okay, I see what she's saying now. I see what they're saying. I understand. I see where I went wrong or I see where my roadblock, my mental roadblock was. Building your blueprint, less than 40 bucks can get you started. Like, let's let's not end 2023 the way we started. This is the end of the first quarter. Let's go. Let's get it. It's time. So we want to thank you all for listening. We are going to come back and we're still going to be in the series talking about loyalty. And so next we're going to talk about loyalty with ourselves. So stay tuned um, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye bye. Bye.